Welcome into Celtics Late Night. My name is Ben Vallis. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Alongside me, hot take Jake Eisenberg. <sighs> Jake, an O2 hole as he cracks a beer, a necessary beer. It is late night after all, and we are uh, morning the Celtics season, I guess. I don't know. How are you feeling, Jake? Not great, Ben. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not great, man. Uh, I've gone through a few stages today. Can you walk us through it? Yeah. I think shock when the C's were up like, Grant hit the three, up nine. And then um, shock from there, pretty much. Just it evaporated. It evaporated quickly in all the ways we know. We were like, we, we were on, we did a playback stream. Um, earlier as well, like we, we, depending on how many games we have left, you can, guys can probably join that as well. But um, we knew it; it was pretty clear. Um, Marcus Smart did the thing where he threw the ball like just on the ground. Yeah, that was a moment well, that was bad. Up his marbles, coughed up his marbles. <laughs> Is that the same? But then, then hope starts to spring just a little bit eternal. I started researching all the teams that have come back from down 0-2 and. I started to feel a little bit better. It mm. um, there's it's plenty of times. Plenty <laughs> you of just times. Give us the full like emotional spectrum of a of your like your tragic Celtics fan, which is yeah. you and I. After a game like this, uh, like before we like really get into it, a, a quick introduction. Given this is only the second ever installment of Celtics Late Night, we are from the first of the floor Celtics podcast, which is part of the CLNS network. We've been doing the pod for about five years. You can find it on all podcast platforms and on our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this show and you want more similar content, particularly in the in the off season, we do like live trivia shows. We do like who is this historic Celtic player kind of content. We really like, if anything, we thrive in the off season. So as much as I'm sad to see that the off season is apparently around the corner, uh, it's a great time to subscribe uh, to the podcast and so make sure, sure that you subscribe uh, to the, uh, the, the first of the floor uh, YouTube channel. And of course, all of the various content streams among uh, CLNS as well. Jake, um, I guess like some pre recap notes as far as like what we were hoping to see Going into this game, uh, you know, obviously the the Heat they win in the end, one hundred and eleven to one hundred and five. Going back to Miami, up two zero. Um, the Celtics went double big to start the game. They did away with double big to start the second half. So like quickly, uh, this sort of tug of war between Joe and the players as to whether or not we should start Rob. Joe won that in the locker room at halftime. Um, what were you? hoping to see going into this one and then like how did the game play out relative to your expectations i had three keys to happiness for coming into the game it was have less than 12 turnovers it was shoot at least 43s and have zero miscommunications where you leave um max Struess open instead of double teaming cody zeller and the only one of those three that we Nailed was, I don't think we had any disaster. Uh, the Marcus Smart turnover late was pretty bad. Uh, but that one in particular stuck out from game one. And I don't, I feel like the defense was actually pretty good for the most part today. I thought it was a lot of tough shot making from the heat um, more so than anything else. I thought the defense was good. Um, so those were the things I was looking for. And we didn't achieve really the two most important ones. The heat have taken us away from what we like to do. 
when the Celtics are at their best, we're shooting threes. We shot 43 threes per game in the regular season. We shot 35 today. That's eight below regular season. They're, and everyone is talking about the clip about Spo saying, shut off the threes and they can't win. It kind of feels like we went a little Mori ball this year. Mm-hmm. And when people shut off the thing that we do well, we feel a little bit lost. And that feels especially true down the stretch of some of these games when we can't get to what we want, when we can't get to things that we're comfortable with. Doesn't it, I don't even know what we're comfortable with at this point. Like, not winning. No, not at home at least. <laughs> not at home at least, man. Wait, say more on the on the Mori Ball thing because I know that's like the Mori Ball is a very like sort of specific formula um, which sort of is typically predicated on um, one big four smalls for lack of a better term or like at least for uh three-point shooters drive and kick to the to the corner it didn't didn't necessarily feel to me like that we were sort of that was the the lone formula for the celtics in this game so say more on the mori ball thing because i'm just I'm, I'm struggling to grasp it a little bit it's it's been all threes and rim stuff and i think it's mm-hmm. encapsulated with the kind of play that tatum has been and this is not to say Tatum was bad today because I think he was the only one that really, like tr- him and Rob, feel like the only two guys that really turned up today. Maybe a little bit of Grant as well, but it's threes or it's at the rim. And if those things aren't happening, then it's kind of a disaster. If you start missing threes, or if you're not generating threes, then you're in a bad place. And it's called Maury Ball because Maury famously, you know, created this team with James Harden surrounded by shooters, small ball, Clint Capella, um, and famously lost, shot, you know, what, 27 missed threes in a row in the conference finals, no less. Game seven, hopefully we get to a game seven, and I would love to I would love to miss 27 threes in a row in a game seven at this point. That would, that would be great. But, <laughs> just um, to be there. Yeah, just to be there. <laughs> But yeah, it, yep. it feels it feels like 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 the heat on the other hand, it's 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 a different guy. And that's what's been frustrating to me, I think, in the playoffs as a whole, and more so in the second couple of rounds. Like what was great about this team throughout the year was like it felt like a few different guys could go off. You know, we had the stretch where Derek White was a borderline all-star. He'd just pop off for 18, 6 and 6. Or Malcolm Brogdon goes off for 24 on 16 shots. Horford can go, you know, go for six for seven from three. Um it it kind of feels like the Jays have to be playing at an elite level right now, and we haven't been able to get both of them going at a really high level in the series, in particular so far. I mean, Tatum was elite in this game. I was yeah. I was so ready, just as I was after Game One, ready for the Marcus Smart is God narrative. I was ready for like the Tatum is seizing the championship narrative after this game. If they didn't piss it away going into the fourth quarter up eight or, or nine or whatever they were um, where you just will get to like the Grant Jimmy Butler thing, but you saw Jimmy Butler come in and you just knew that our lead uh, wasn't enough. I was ready for that to be the narrative. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, both Jays can't seem to play at an elite level at the same time uh, in this particular series. What we're going to do for everyone watching live. And if you're listening to the podcast on the first of the floor podcast feed, uh, after the fact, you can email us in response at first of the floor, 18 at gmail.com. We're going to go through the pain rankings, which is classic us. It's like the therapeutic response to the game. We're going to rank. We're going to rattle off all of the most painful moments. of. Yeah. We can rattle them off and then we can rank them. Yeah, exactly. So we need your help. If you're watching in the chat or if you're listening later, let us know how you would rank 
all of these moments. So I'm going to run through a couple, Jake. You'll run through a couple. And we'll, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry to say we have a very, very long list of painful <laughs> moments from this game. Starting with the Jalen disaster class, which may very well be up the top of the list because it may very well be ranked number one. Uh, terrible in this game. Turnovers, missed shots, blown defensive assignments, um, deer in the headlights look. Um, just like almost a completely off game for Jalen Brown. Um, that's first on our, our pain rankings list. Al Horford, um, Jake, you've put Al washed question mark on the list. Um, more specifically, like Al Horford can't hit a three, um, struggling to defend Bam Adebayo, and really like struggling to assert himself in this game. Where we're having the like, man, I'm glad we've got Al Horford. Oh, isn't Al Horford amazing at 37 years old or 36 years old? Like we haven't been able to think that way in a while. Um, anything to add to those two points before you move on to to a few of your points there, Jake? It's it's not it's I almost feel like it's not Al's fault because he was so good in the Sixers series despite missing shots. It's really unfortunate, man. Al used all of his makes. He became like one of the league's best three-point shooters for the entire season and he cannot hit anything. And like it's so easy to simplify and sorry, look chat, I'm just going to bounce around. My brain just goes we're not, we're not in a good way, folks. Not in a good we're way. Not in a good way. But like a huge reason why this team was so good and won 57 games <laughs> and had the second. <laughs> this is the thing as well. Don't Thank sleep you, on the seas. Like, I thought, I thought that, you know, game six, Tatum, that was leaving it late. You know what's really leaving it late? Going down 0-2 at home, going on the road down 0-2. That's really going back against the wall. But He's yeah. just challenging himself at the moment. Yeah. That's all this is. That's all this is. It's just like playing, you know, Super Smash Bros. on very hard when you've done everything and you're playing with Jigglypuff. It's just like, I've done everything. I've done every other option at this point. I may as well. Um, he just has the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> but the Celtics were so good on offense because Al Horford was like, an elite, elite, elite shooter. And that completely opens the game up. The driving kick game works because Al Horford's an elite shooter. They can't even get into their driving kick game. Like, yeah, they're not, they're missing shots and the heat are kind of shutting that, that stuff down, but they can't even get into it because they're sagging off Al Horford because he can't make a shot mm-hmm. and the pain's clogged and it's just this self-fulfilling process. And then we're back to like, how do we adjust and, the adjustment was Rob, and we didn't get to that. But you know, Al being washed is a joke because I think he's one of the best thirty-six-year-olds ever to play the game, probably. At this maybe point. ever to live, the, the greatest thirty-six-year-old <laughs> of all time. Peaked he's up there. Well, you, well, you're thirty-six, so what? Are you, you must be a close second. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shooting. I'm an elite shooter in the NBA, and also seven foot tall. Um, so I'm 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 gonna gonna go out on a limb right. here and say that Al Horford is a, a better 36 year old than than I am. Uh, what right, else are we close, on the You're a close rankings? second to me. You're a close Thank second you, to me, man. Thank you, sir. What, <laughs> what else do we have on the pain oh, rankings? Fuck. Bloody hell! Where to begin, mate? Um, Caleb Martin, dude. I cannot believe. Sup, Jimmy? Look, man. Jimmy. Even I know. I think Jimmy's here to see if we can do the impossible and spin this into a good time. It's not going to happen. It, <laughs> it can't be done. It cannot be done. Folks in the I'm, chat, if you've yeah. got a positive spin, let us know. We, we'd love you to, to, to alter yeah. the trajectory of this show. I don't think it's possible. Sorry, Jake. I interrupted you. No, 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 man. Like, we're, we're just, 
Well, look, I'm having a little bit of fun just because you know I've got this this whiskey apple soda thing, and uh-huh. it's uh it's going all right. But the Caleb Martin game, <laughs> like he's he's become good. You can't just think this is a guy that was cut by Charlotte and barely made the barely made the NBA. At this point, he is like a legitimate a legitimate like NBA wing that like the Memphis Grizzlies really could have used to beat the Lakers. Like this, this heat team and is it black magic? Is it the the stars are just aligned in a certain way every year in May in April and May to make these dudes play like way, way, way above their head. I don't know what it is, but like Caleb Martin having 26 points on 16 shots and like hitting some, some 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 stuff. We're still trying to figure out what we're allowed to say on this late night show. Hitting some stuff. Like really good defense. Like I thought in both games, one and two, the Celtics were like on the brink of kind of breaking it open. And the heat role players, not even Jimmy, like not even Jimmy, it was the role players, whether it was Struce hitting some stuff or Lowry in the first game. Today it was Caleb Martin. And that was, I thought, a strength of the Celtics this year. We don't have that that boost right now. So the Caleb Martin thing causes me a lot of pain because it feels like the Celtics were that team. Like Grant almost was that guy today. Grant was that guy last year. But just missing that spark, that juice, and that's causes me pain, man. And like with the depth that we have, that we haven't got one guy who can be, this pains me to say, the quote-unquote, the, our, where's our Caleb Martin, right? Like, with, there's so many of them potentially. Like, beyond the Jays, we've got this laundry list of guys who could be that Caleb Martin for us on any given night. And it's like, we're, we're just completely back to where we were last year, where it's like we live and die basically by Tatum, sometimes by the Jays as a tandem. But, like, we cannot expect anyone else to step up and, and give us that, that role player punch. So, to see Caleb Martin do that with the comparatively like a lack of depth from the heat perspective to see their role players be as assertive and forceful and impactful as they are Boston at 11. Absolutely. If only it were a, uh, like a 14 game series, then we'd, we'd have this in the bag. Um, yeah. yeah. So the Caleb Martin game definitely uh, makes the pain rankings uh, to rattle off a few more late offensive gonna, rebounds. Sorry. I, I was going to say to you, that you, you, you made a good point there. It's quite interesting to me is that, we're so reliant on the Jays, and if they don't play at this elite level, we lose, right? But you go back to the bubble, the 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 original in this trilogy of Heat Celtics, right? And I think a lot of Celtics fans, myself included, have rationalized that loss as Daniel Tice, who I love, starting center. Shemi Ojale was like sixth man. Kemba Walker's knees had turned into Play-Doh. Like the, the roster around the Jays, in the bubble was nowhere near as good as the roster now, but it just feels like no matter. And, and this is the NBA, right? You look at Jokic, you look at Jimmy. It's like as good as your role players can be. You need your stars to just like step up to this to this level. Unless you're the Heat, because then you have Black Magic, and your role players play like stars um, at all times. Apparently, apparently. Apparently. And Stars in their role, yeah. at least. It, it's um, crazy that we're three years later and we're like Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day in this thing. I, I maintain that one of the greatest moments of the regular season was the realization that we were going to avoid the heat in the playoffs. 
only to through, I guess, again, to use that term, Jake, some black magic to find our way back to the heat, like um, some sort of like destined lovers, whatever the opposite of that is, right? Like they're just, they're here to, to destroy us and there's nothing that we can do to, uh, to avoid them. It's like we're stuck in their tractor beam and they're pulling us in and they, they can't be avoided. Uh, it's truly devastating. Grant waking up Jimmy Butler is next okay. on my pain rankings. Um, okay, where are you on the on Grant's like culpability in all this? Like, do you think it was an actual like thing? So, so again, we were we were doing a watch party for this game. Playback.tv slash first to the floor. Sign up to our, our playback room there. We have a lot of fun watching the games. I, I think there's a pretty short rope there remaining as far as like how many more <laughs> games we're going to stream in this particular season. We were celebrating at that moment. Like, yes, Grant. Yeah, like, dude. Get into him because it was at a. A moment where it was an uptick for the Celtics as far as like scoring and productivity and getting stops. And it, it felt like that was an extension of that moment. Like Grant's awesome. He's being really impactful. We're so glad to see him on the court after many, many back-to-back DNPs. And now he's getting into J- Jimmy Butler's face. And that's just an extension of like all of his impact on the court. Unfortunately, that seemed to quote unquote wake up Jimmy Butler. And uh, he came in and and ripped our souls out of our bodies. Um, yeah. So, but he, yeah. Jimmy Butler, like just to end the, the thought there, would have done that anyway. He absolutely okay, would have done that that's, anyway. That's the point is that, because I looked it up, I was like, okay, I'm looking up Jimmy's fourth quarter stats in the playoffs and he averages 9.6 per game in the fourth quarter in the playoffs on 50% from the field. And what did he do tonight? He went four for eight from the field 50%. Like, it was just, this is what Jimmy does, dude. He can, We can be like, oh, no, he woke Jimmy up. Jimmy senses this moment, dude. Yeah, Jim, like, right on point, Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy senses these moments. And we have, like, it's, it's blasphemous to even compare him to MJ because of, like, who Jimmy is more broadly. And I don't think we've seen a guy that really has, like, he's like the inverse of Joel Embiid. Where Joel Embiid in the regular season is l- literally unstoppable, dropped 50 points on the Celtics in a really important game. Fast forward to game seven, he's a five for 18, while the other player on the other team drops 50. I miss those days, man. I and I think days. a lot of people, I think a lot of people want to be like, well, why is Tatum not sensing these moments? Why is Tatum that XYZ? And Tatum's 20, and, and no one wants to hear it right now. I get it. But what we really need is a time machine. We need Doc to fire up the DeLorean and like bring back Tatum from like Doc Rivers. Well, we can we can talk about Doc Rivers in a bit if we want. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, Tatum three years from now has the 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 skill improvements, the the mental awareness of all these failures. Like Jimmy's thirty three. Go back and look at what Jimmy was doing eight years ago. You know, different guy. 2017 wasn't eight years ago, but that many years ago, he might have been losing to the Celtics in a Chicago Bulls uniform after going up 2-0 alongside Rajon Rondo against uh, those Celtics where uh, I was I was there. I was there for those two games in Boston. I've got a little, little footage from my camera phone from when I uh, <laughs> attended attended those games uh, at TD Garden. I've got a photo of me and my wife being very sad here uh, <laughs> after realizing we were going to fall down 
0-2 in that series. And um, obviously the Celtics came back. Uh, this doesn't feel that way because um, Jimmy Butler is older and wiser. He is playing with Bam Adebayo. Eric Spolstra is at the helm. But um, I guess like skewing positive for a second, like the Celtics have fallen down 0-2. Uh, and against and Jimmy Butler, uh, yeah, against yeah. And, Jimmy Butler, and we will get to who is this year's, who is this series, Gerald Green. But mm. we're going to finish our pain rankings first, <laughs> Jake. So, uh, to, so we got to we got to Grant waking up, Jimmy. Um, let's rattle off a few more. And folks in the chat, like, let's hear your entries for the pain rankings because it was yeah. a painful game. Like, there's there's got to be more than what we were capable of coming up with. Gabe Vincent's step back deep two over like a falling Jason Tatum to ice the game. If you think about like the player archetype of Gabe, Gabe Vincent and like who he is in the league, his relevance in the, in the league versus Jason Tatum, like first team all NBA fourth in MVP voting. And like the image that when I go to sleep tonight uh, and I close my eyes is going to be Jason Tatum falling out of the bottom camera view while Gabe Vincent just like splashes a two over his face to ice the game. That's what happens in a Celtics Heat series, unfortunately, Jake. Um, that's going to be pretty up there in the pain rankings. What hurts a lot about that one is that I don't think Tatum was – I think he could have played that a lot better. He can't give that clean of a look. So that one does hurt. I respect the hell out of Gabe Vincent, though. Captain of Nigeria, like a yeah. Nigerian Patty Mills. Yeah. Yep. What else you got for me? That that one hurt. That one hurt. What else you got yeah, for I'm, me? Yeah, I'm I'm stunned. Like, uh, yeah. Apologies to everyone watching this. Like, we're we're, we're doing our best. Um, smart late game turnover. We we talked about him coughing oh, up his marbles. That one was. Um, mm. What about winning the third quarter, thirty-one to twenty-two, that heading was sick, into the fourth, dude. up eight, and you just knew. Like, tell yeah, me if yeah. I'm wrong. You just knew that wasn't enough of a lead heading nah. into the fourth quarter. You could see it on the faces of everyone on the Heat. They were smiling at each other down eight in a playoff game in the conference finals because they knew that that wasn't enough and they were going to be able to come back. Everyone knew. And that, you know, that there were some criticisms online on Twitter of the Garden crowd not being as into this game as they maybe should have been. They knew. They all knew. We have PTSD, dude. We all have PTSD and we can feel it happening. It's just like the the crowd has has like turned into this team, which is what happens. And when they when when it doesn't feel safe, the crowd doesn't feel safe. Like I was in the building for game two of the Brooklyn Nets series last year. And actually I literally tried to wear the shirt that I got. From that game today, because oh, I thought we mate. needed it. I only I've bring all it that out. Stuff. I had the lucky I, undies on today. I drank out of my Jalen Brown coffee mug. I pulled out all the stops. I, I, I can't get it done clearly. So I've done. But like the I crowd, can. the crowd, the Celtics went down seventeen points in Game Two against the Nets, and it felt like it almost energized the crowd, and it's, and it just it built and built. They had never lost faith. Whereas with this team. And this is this is this is the weight of expectations. Like as good as that team was last year, maybe that's what they should do next year: is play really bad until January, and then play really well for the second half. Because the expectations weren't that high coming into the playoffs last year. 
the expectations are like, yeah, they they could they could beat whoever, but like, you know, they could lose to the Nets. I know, you know, CLNS John Zanis was very, very worried about the Nets coming into last season. It's playoffs. Um, maybe that's because like the expectations changes the way you experience this stuff, and yeah. And it hurts, like, and it sucks. Honestly, it sucks. Honestly, expectations suck, and this is why we need a title so we can just win and enjoy our lives again. Because shoot, nanny, thank shoot you for nanny. welcoming <laughs> us down to Nice Eighty Five. Yeah, what do they say? Uh, like disappointment equals um, reality. Expectations minus reality, or reality minus expectations, or something like that. And I'm not a scientist, man. I don't know, but it hurts. <laughs> in in a season where championship is the expectation you're 99% likely to experience just total despair and pain which is the mood right now um we, we continue to trudge through the pain wreckings jake and there are there are more uh two for one to close the second quarter uh gabe vincent pull up three tatum rushes a pull up three mm. jimmy hits the deep two fade away uh mm. 5-0 run going into the half if we weren't positive that we were going to lose at that point, I don't know. Where were you at that point, Jake? Oh, man. Because this is good math, but we were up one and then we were down one in the span of like 35 seconds. Up, like up, up one, then down four. Up one, then down four. Chat, I'm really bad at math. I failed geometry in year 10. <laughs> Had to go to summer school. Like never been a strong seat. Um but yeah, like you feel good going into halftime and it like, feels like so many times, even this playoffs, but like, again, it reared its head. It felt like a lot of stuff that's been happening happened again tonight and eventually it caught them and you close the quarter strong, but no, Gabe Vincent hits this like sick pull up like 30 foot up, you know, with 34 seconds left and Jason Tatum tries to answer down the other end and Tatum does not have range. Like as good of a, like I would trust him taking clean looks from the three point line, but like. Once it gets to 30 feet, 31, 32 feet, I don't trust Tatum to be able to hit deep shots. He, he, he hit one in the Hawks series, but like, it's not his thing. Hmm. And so I hate, we suck at two for ones. We suck at clock management in that start, in those moments. It's like, just get one good shot. Yeah. That one hurt. Uh, I was trying to find a way to segue this. Like, speaking of one good shot, that doesn't really work. I got, one for, um, I got a good shot for you in a second. Okay, well, we'll get to that. Uh, let's take a, a brief moment to hear from our sponsor, uh, FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I love FanDuel. We're going to get to a, a great bet for next game with Jake in a second. They've got great promotions every day, a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly, which is actually rare for a lot of uh, gambling apps and, and platforms. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wage only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 
uh, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Jake, an incredible US geography tour there as we rattle off the states there. When I, well, yeah, I, got, I have to. I have to write those states out. You're a legend. You've absolutely nailed that. Um, Fanduel, yes. Um, please. I've actually won a good chunk of money. Jimmy and the boys on the Garden Report talking about if you bet on the Celtics, uh, maybe bet bet on who the Celtics are playing in the playoffs. It's been very lucrative. Um, I bet on the Heat to win Game One. I was 100 percent sure they were going to win Game One, and then. The Celtics went up nine and I went to pee during the uh, live stream and I called uh, FanDuel. Oh, that's what and, you were doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, put another cheeky bet on. And it's just, it's an emotional hedge, but it's something that I do when I'm like pretty sure that something bad's going to happen. So what I would recommend if you're a Celtics fan, has a bit of cash um, that you are can, willing to lose. Um, the heat. Responsibly, the, like the odds for the Celtics have been crazy the whole playoffs all year, and I can get to a point on that in a second. But if you were to put a hundred dollars on the Celtics on Fanduel to win the series, uh, on the Heat to win the series, you come back with one hundred and sixty. The odds are still like way, 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 way closer than you would expect of a team that just lost two at home going back on the road. So, like, if you have no more faith, if you Want to you know emotionally hedge yourself so if they do come back you know you lose a hunt you lose a hunt and it's a lose a hundred bucks you know at least the Celtics are going to the finals um, but a, a bet that I actually believe in for tomorrow's game between the Nuggets and the Lakers um, Lakers minus five and a half Davis to have twenty plus points and Davis to have twelve plus rebounds Davis had a kind of a shocker yesterday and Davis has been really good off bad games going to the next game so I would go AD plus 20 points, plus 12 rebounds, and the Lakers minus five and a half. Um, the Lakers have been good at home. The Nuggets have been really bad on the road all season. Uh, they turned up in that Suns series, but I think that had a lot more to do with KD and Booker playing like 45 minutes of pop and just being run off the court. Um, Lakers are going to bounce back. LeBron's going to be ready to go. He knows what's at stake here. Talk about feeling the moment. LeBron's going to have these guys ready to go. So I would I would definitely back that parlay, and that's plus 291 for tomorrow. I would have hit the parlay I gave out yesterday if the Celtics had actually won the game. I had Tatum 30-plus and Tatum 10-plus rebounds. I thought Tatum did everything he could. Um, but so on the Celtics being the betting favorites all year long, every, every game this playoffs, the Celtics have been the heavy heavy favorites and Celtics fans have been so, so confident in their team. So, so confident in their team and shocked anytime they lose a game and furious anytime they lose a game. And I actually think that we've been 
um, brainwashed a little bit by the media, by advanced analytics, by you know Zach Lowe, uh, mm-hmm. by by plenty of by Zach plenty Lowe of people out there. <laughs> Zach Lowe specifically, a lot of people out there that have convinced us propaganda on the Celtics. You know, Boston, we're we're guilty. We're probably guilty of brainwashing ourselves, but like, oh yeah, there's been there's been so many like big markers that the Celtics are this elite team that is a cut above the rest of the league, and we've been pretty consistent that like we don't think the Celtics are guaranteed to win the title. We we still think that the chances it's more likely than not that they don't win the title. But but the way that everybody talks about the Celtics. It's felt like we should win. And people in my life are like, oh, the Celtics were favorites. How'd they lose? They've, they haven't been that good. Like the Celtics had the best point differential in the NBA this year, but it was like the one of the lowest point differentials of like someone in the number one spot in years. So like, which speaks to the parity of the NBA right now. But like, I feel I feel like Celtics fans have been duped a little bit to expect and like have these expectations of a team that's like the Golden State Warriors, and really that's like on the same level as like several other contenders. Yeah, that that November was incredible. That it's November. Like you go uh, for a job, and in the interview, you're incredible. You wear your best suit. You get a haircut. You lead with like one thousand percent the best of yourself, like your best wins while. Um, completely uh, leaving out any negative in your life, any any um, poor performance at a prior job. You leave with your absolute best and they hire you based off that performance in the job interview. <laughs> you get past your probation period, maybe it's three months, and then you really relax. And that's kind of like what we've seen with the Celtics this year. Unfortunately, they've had really good stretches. I don't know. As I say that, it's like they finished with the top two offense and defense. So it's like we maybe can't critique them too heavily there. Um, are, are you sort of saying this, Jake, to start to begin the grief stage, like the acceptance, like okay, they lost, but it wasn't that bad. Like, is that is that the angle you're going for here? The mental gymnastics. We never had a chance, man. We never had a chance. It was all <laughs> fake. Living in a simulation, uh, moving to the mountains. All these things are are kind of coming coming to the forefront of my mind at this point. Um, we haven't even finished the pain rankings. Um, I think it's it's probably time for the chat to let us know like the top three of the pain rankings. Like obviously we've kind of we've, yeah. we've kind of stumbled our way through them, but like I think there are a few glaring obvious top threes here. Just just to rattle the rest of them off, the Heat twenty four to nine run in the fourth quarter. That might be number one, low key. Uh, neither Jay had a field goal in the fourth quarter, um, but like Tatum was incredible and like running the offense they called it out on the on the broadcast like yeah he didn't get a a field goal attempt up but like he was like any any field goal attempt that was put up it was you know tatum was responsible for that look um and then a marcus smart no show i think is is last for me on the on the pain rankings here jake like smart was incredible in game one uh and just like if you look across his his stats and obviously just the eye test watching the game there wasn't (laughs) Any moment where it was like, oh man, Marcus Smart, like, we're so lucky. The longest tenured Celtic, we're so glad he really shows up in the playoffs. We're so lucky to have this guy. That, like, just was not a thing in this game. And for a must win game, and yes, it was a must win, Jake, for Smart <laughs> to just, like, 
lurk in the shadows like that is really, really disappointing. So that ranks highly, highly in the pain rankings as well. Yeah, and and look, we felt it. I I thought that was like the one of the good the good things that Josh did, uh, Joe did, was go away. I don't know who the hell Josh is. Um, Josh Mazula. Josh Mazula. Maybe we should hire him. Um, was that he went away from Marcus for a large majority of the second half? It felt like. So what? Marcus Smart played thirty two minutes, and of those thirty two minutes, he only played six starts. About fifty fifty. Damn it! I was hoping my eyes would have um backed that one up but yeah yep. no i think it felt like late especially in the fourth quarter that he went away from um away from marcus and i thought that was the right call but Bro- but then brog didn't like it, it was a no win game it felt like from some of those spots i don't think malcolm Derek, or brogdon Derek was probably the best of the three but you have to play with aggression and Derek wasn't doing that but like you go back to game six in Philly, and I thought Marcus Smart maybe one of his maybe his best game as a Celtic, and we needed a like a gritty game changing performance at times, and that hurts. Yeah, we need our two guys to be making six hundred million to be good. One of them was was really good. One of them was really bad. Do you? Uh, this isn't on our run sheet, so I don't want to spring this on you. But nah, spring you- it, baby. Are you are you wavering at all on the like definitely supermax Jalen like that we we have the ability to do so because he's made all NBA like are you wavering at all on the notion of just definitely doing that man this is I mean these are the types of days that make you feel like this right? maybe the wrong day to ask the question to be yeah. honest but the, it, it I does think, beg I think the question the question you have to ask yourself is what's the alternative because. Yeah. Even if you keep, if you don't, oh, you you can't sign and trade Jalen to the Supermax. Um, to whoever said that in the chat. So um, you can't sign and trade Jalen this offseason because um, if you sign him to the Supermax, you can't trade him. That's just how it works. Um, and if you do trade him, any team you trade him to is going to have the same problem the Celtics have if he had not made it all NBA, is that he will be a free agent after next year's season. And if he hasn't committed, which he can't, technically commit without because that's just you won't be able to you can do the wink wink you know i know atlanta's like always been the team like if if jalen does a wink wink with atlanta that's like you know something that pops up but um i just find it hard to believe that you're going to find a better alternative than the version of jalen and jason okay dj daniel in the chat what's your what's your jalen brown trade um you know, like bring in DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. If you think that's going to ch- fix your problems, then like, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's it's absolutely not. There's no one on the Hawks. There's not a single player on the Hawks that's going to put the Celtics in a better place than they're in right now. So um, you want to do revisionist history and say we should have traded for Kevin Durant. Fine. Doesn't help you now. Trey, good luck winning a... The Heat won a... Pl- I was crazy about the Heat. They won a playoff game against... Um, they lost a playoff game against uh, the Hawks, who Playing, typically yeah. the Heat just absolutely dominate. But like, just one game, absolutely just one game. Now I have just been told by my mother-in-law that she's dropping my daughter off to my house, in which I am currently alone in twenty minutes. So that's how much time <laughs> we have left on Celtics late night. I saw, I saw your, I saw your face be <laughs> yeah. like, oh no, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife is out, and she's like, "Are you going to be all right? Like, she's coming around in twenty minutes. Like, you're going to need to be there." 
You can't be yeah. up in the attic live streaming about the Celtics when your daughter gets <laughs> home. So uh, let's let's start to wrap this up with a few questions. Um, we kind of yes. touched on it. I, I've got some uh, a late game, uh, post game rather, interview with Grant Williams to play, and then we can talk about like whether or not like it was Grant who kind of like fucked up by waking up Jimmy Butler there. What were you saying to Jimmy after you hit the three uh, early in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I think he said something, and I just responded. You know, for me. I'm a competitor. I'm going to battle. He got the best of me tonight. And at the end of the day, it's out of respect because I'm not going to run away from it. Um, my mom always taught me that um, you get, and my dad as well, you get your ass kicked. You don't come back home until you come battle again. And if you either come back before you die or you go back and you go get a win. And I'm not willing to die in this, in this finals. I'm ready to get a win, ready to come back and come in the game through with a better mentality. I know this team is as well. So at the end of the day, tonight's tonight. We got to focus in, let the get hurt. But at the end of the day, we got to come in tomorrow and really focus in on what's next. Grant, did you get a heads up about playing tonight? And if, if not, um, what, what do you think led to that decision? I'm ready for whatever role coach asked me. Um, no matter what's said to me, no matter if I don't play, no matter if I play, I'm ready if Joe needs me. And tonight I came out with an edge, mental, physical, and I'm going to continue that whether I'm playing or not, and I'm going to be there for my teammates. And in terms of like the strategy behind it, everything else, I have no idea. But for me, I'm just coming out here to try and help this team win, make sure that's number one priority and goal. Yeah, Jimmy, obviously, you. Jimmy obviously thrives in like these situations, like over the course of his career. Do you take is that something you? I know it's an emotional game. Like, are you thinking about something like that when you're on these interactions? Like, you don't want to kind of light him up, or do you? None of that. You expect to beat the best. No matter if I lit him up or not, he's going to do that. And for me, it's a matter of understanding that. Yeah, sure, you did poke a bear, quote unquote. And how are you going to respond? Because for me, he made some tough shots, a battle. And I'm going to keep battling. You know, he's going to have to make every single tough shot the rest of the series. And I'm not going to turn and look otherwise because I respect him as a motherfucking player. He's a great man, great great person, great human being, known for a while. But at the end of the day, this team, we have a real, real decision to make. And that decision is going to be, are we going to come back and really set the tone the rest of this year and really make a statement? Or are we going to come out and lay down? And I don't think this team is built for laying down. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. Thanks, man. The, like... Uh, audio censorship guy earning his like, ye- yearly paycheck on that Grant on Williams it. interview alone, amazing. Um, we've we, like we've talked about whether or not like Grant was at fault for waking up Jimmy Butler, and for those who are joining later, like the the general consensus was like no, Jimmy Butler's going to do that anyway, and it was just actually kind of refreshing to see one of our guys show some fight towards Jimmy. So let's like let's pivot to the coaching a little bit, and I always I struggle with this, Jake, because of you know, the circumstances under which Joe Mazzola has like come into this, you know, it's, it's pretty brutal. Like, yes, like we had candidates, but alternative candidates to hire in the coaching role other than Joe Mazzola with everything that happened with Ime Adoka, right? So like, like we, we are entitled to throw blame out there, right? But at the same time, it was made the head coach interim or otherwise with like three days to go before the, uh, the training camp there. And he's been he's been thrown into this really difficult situation here. How much do you blame Joe Mazzola? I guess is what I'm getting at, Jake. As far as like how much of a bed shitting this has been, and with only waiting until this game to throw Grant Williams into the playoff rotation, like wh- where are you at with Joe right now? Yeah, like using the Grant thing to frame this. How how do game three against the Hawks? Grant comes in has a huge game. Like four for four from three. And I, from that moment, was like, he has to be in the rotation. 
because it looks like he was still able to recapture and play the way that he played in last year's playoffs. I thought we saw it again in the Sixers series in flashes in game three again, in game three again in um, Philadelphia. Really good defense on Embiid, and we like he was buried again after that. After having his face like completely like Dude, flattened, pancaked he, by Joel Embiid. There's, there's like, no one on the Heat that could do that yeah. kind of damage to his face. Well, it's like he's in it. He's like diving on the floor. He's willing to get his face fat, and he comes back on the court. We have him mic'd up in like I'm a competitor. And like as corny and as lame as Grant can be, like he believes this stuff, and he's willing to to put his body on the line. And like that Tommy Point, like Boston Grit stuff. I think Grant actually p- personifies a lot of the time. Yeah, totally. And and. Joe just completely excommunicating him when he really showed that he had it throughout the playoffs, I thought was a mistake. And he was a, and the garden report talked about it today. He was, he's been a, Joe's been a step slow in this series every step of the way. And you can get away with it against the Hawks because you're just so much more talented. And against the Sixers, partly because Doc's not that great. And Embiid and Harden are not perfect as well. It's insane that the Heat are doing this. It just reminds me of how insane it is for me to wrap my head around what they're doing considering the year they've had. But he's been a step slow. Like they sh- We shouldn't have seen double bigs again after it didn't work in game one. We should have seen Grant in game one. Like he's notoriously good at defending Bam. And like, uh, we can, yeah, I, I've been a Joe defender, but ouch. Hot take, like it is objectively beautiful what the heat are doing like it's yeah kind of like 30 for 30 worthy the fact that they are like pot quite potentially going to the finals given the season they had uh given the the play-in game they had against the hawks like that's possibly happening it does give me some hope that like the celtics can strike back uh, you know winning on the road hasn't necessarily been a challenge for these celtics and like there has to be a bed shitting for those heat lurking in the shadows, right? Like it has to, it has to be there for the taking for the Celtics in some degree. How can they, like, I know this is, this is pretty much a moot point by now, but like, how can the heat have had that bad of a season, that bad of a play in entry game and be so successful. And they even shot really poorly in that Knicks series. Like, is there not an inevitable bed shitting in this series for the heat? Like, or is it just gone? No, 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 no. Look, I, it would not shock me if the Celtics tied this up too. Too, I really, it really wouldn't. It would kind of shock me at this point. It really, if I'm being honest. it really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. I, don't, I like. They're very beatable. Both of these games are winnable. Both of these games are winnable. So, like, I, it would, it just wouldn't sh- shock me. I, I, I would be, you know, I think the Heat are going to come back to Boston up three one. But like, it would yeah. not shock me if the Celtics come back two two. It really wouldn't. But. But going back to Joe, right? Like, I mean, these circumstances, man. It was not his fault. Ime turned into a horny bastard and <laughs> fumbled, fumbled one of the best situations in the NBA. And now he gets to coach Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, and player X with the fourth pick. Congratulations, dude. You thought you were mad at Jalen missing off-ball stuff. At least Jalen plays defense. Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Green doesn't even know what an off-ball defense is at this point. At least Jalen Brown tries from time to time. Yeah, like Joe to come in and then you lo- obviously you lose Will Hardy and Damon Stoudemire in the middle of the year. Like it's it's a terrible 
terrible situation. So I've been a Joe defender just because I think it's an unfair situation. And I feel like coaching has a, is Im- not that important in the NBA relative to other sports. But the problem is when the gap keeps getting bigger and bigger in a matchup like with Spo, you can run into some problems and he's just like been a step behind. Um, the, yeah. The thing is, if this was the Nick Nurse coached Celtics or the Coach Bud coached Celtics, like I don't necessarily feel confident that we'd be in a different situation as far as where this series is at. Like Spo is just that good. And the Heat are just so disciplined. Like they know their basketball principles and they stick to them. They have an immediate awareness of how to respond in any situation. Like say they've got a, a play drawn up and the first three options are taken away. As a team, they have a collective awareness of the fourth option and the fifth option and then boxing out and then transition defense. And like they're just, it almost, it's almost 2014 Spursian in that like it's sort of regardless of the personnel, their principles are so well defined and so well propagated throughout the roster that like they're sort of unbeatable in a way, which is crazy um, and doesn't bode well for the remainder of the series with the Celtics. But like, you kind of got to respect it a little bit. Oh, I have like I have un- unbelievable respect for these guys, dude. Like, I I don't. I hate the Heat too, Elise. I really do. But I hate all twenty nine other teams. Other no, teams. <laughs> like I can't. I don't. I don't think I respect anyone more in the NBA right now than Jimmy Spo. Curry's in there, and then like, I guess technically LeBron, but like those are my guys. Jokic isn't there yet. I just what Jimmy does to elevate this team around him, and what Spo's done year after year after year after year after year. Um, I saw a comment here about is it Spo or is it the Celtics? You know, fumbling the ball, like. Okay, was it the Bucs fumbling the ball? Was it the Knicks fumbling the ball? Like the Knicks and the Bucs were way better than the than the Heat all year long. All year long. And so I, I, I respect it. I don't know how we would like I would 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 the Heat trade Spo for Jalen Brown? I don't think so. No, definitely no. not. No. He's like a he's like a top five asset in the league. Cool, because remember when Brad Stevens was doing all like the when he was coaching? I think Chris Mannix had the famous tweet, and it was like, "How many players do you get through before you draft a Brad Stevens?" It's like Giannis, mm. Steph, LeBron, and like because it was a poll on Twitter, it was like Brad or another player, and Brad was like overwhelmingly one of those guys. Um, and did we also we traded Doc yeah. Rivers for a first round pick? Which, like, if you look nice. back now, was it a first round pick? Maybe it was a second round pick. But still, anything you can get for Doc Rivers is a win. Crazy that's- high value, given you know what the asset looks like now. Not to like depersonify Doc Rivers uh, by calling him the asset, but you know what I mean. We we have I to mean, start wrapping up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 wrap up when you, when you, when we got it. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll I get could, out of I here. Could, I could sense my mother-in-law approaching in her car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's the smell. Would you? Would you? <laughs> it's it's crazy because whatever happened with Brad. I'm he was one of the best coaches in the league. Um, but he's been so good as a GM. It's like I don't he can't do both jobs, but like um 
but he, and so we, we don't have him, but like, can he come down and coach game three? I don't know. I don't know. Cause like, I feel like bloody Joe Mazzola tried his uh, Peyton Pritchard thing and it's in, anyway, go on. How like legal would it be for Joe Mazzola to have an earpiece that he wears? That's just like Brad Stevens yeah. in his ear, like just like pulling the strings on the puppet. I don't like. Are we? I don't know. Crazy, like to to think that we're at that point. Um, here's a less here's a less uh crazy question. Who would you prefer coaching the Celtics next year? Second year Joe Mazzulla or Nick Nurse? I mean, what is? It's not even a question. Nick Nurse, <laughs> dude. But really, like, because like, oh, if say we like find ourselves meeting the Heat again, like I said, like, are we not just like Joe's got us this far? Is Nick Nurse getting us over the the Spo hump? I, I, well, there's no way to know, I guess. But you know, Nick Nurse has done some <laughs> crazy stuff on the court, and I feel like he's, you know, he's. I hate Nick Nurse, and but like, Nick Nurse is willing to get on the court impact to play in the bubble, you know, to hurt the Celtics in like game four or something. I, I, I would, I, the thing with Joe is we don't know if he's going to get better. Like it would make perfect sense. Second year head coach will get better, has a much better bench, uh, you know, whether whoever he brings in, whether it's Monty Williams, who's definitely not going to be on the bench, but there's all these guys available that could be on the bench and that makes for a better Joe Mazzulla experience. We don't know for sure. <laughs> We don't know for sure. Okay. Mr. Potato, Mr. Potato Salad. Mr. Potato Salad. Joe Mazzulla got this team 57 wins. How many wins did Ime Doha get this team? Jason Tatum just had his best year as a Celtic. Jalen Brown has had his best year as a Celtic. Derek White just had his best year as an NBA player. Joe Mazzulla had a good year. The playoffs are a different beast. Absolutely different beast. That's what it is. Anything else, Jake, before we wrap up? Uh, I, some people in the chat are saying, like, why are we wrapping up so soon? So, like, wh- <laughs> what? Uh, this is only our second show on Celtics Late Night, but what we want to be typical for this show is, like, spend an hour talking about the game and then basically spend another hour just hanging out, shooting the breeze, talking about, like, favorite all-time Celtics teams, talking about Jordan Crawford's amazing run in, in 20... Was it 2014? I should know this. 2013, 2014 as Player of the Week. Stuff like that, but um, unfortunately, I've got some familial obligations this afternoon uh, that I have to get to. Any final takeaways, Jake? Like, like where where do you go from here as like someone who like quote unquote covers the Celtics, and then like where do you go as as the Celtics? Like, what what now? Gonna have another beer. Go for <laughs> a, a walk. Start. Go for a walk. Jump in the freezing cold ocean which is about 12 degrees Celsius at the moment, which is about uh, 40-ish degrees Fahrenheit. Cleanse myself of this. Wake up, watch the Nuggets game, hope the Lakers lose, and then hope springs eternal, Ben. One game at a time. Celtics. Oh, you're selling me, Celtics in six is not dead. (laughs) Technically still possible. Not Dead. <laughs> Not dead yet. Let's go. Uh, all right. I guess what that's do you as, got? As, well, I'm, you th- I'm, I'm going. Uh, so I live in Sydney. I'm going into the city tonight to see Re- Regurgitator. Incredible 
90s Australian band. They're, they're playing their <laughs> seminal album, uh, Unit, in uh, at the Roundhouse in Randwick. So that's what I'm going to be watching intently and trying my hardest not to think about the Celtics. Um, yeah, I mean, back against the world Celtics, right, Jake? Like this, that's the best version of the Celtics. You would have thought the prospect of going down 0-2 at home against the Eric Spolstra Jimmy Butler Heat would be the epitome of back against the wall. No, apparently not. Apparently, it's going back into Miami. Beautiful, warm, by the way, welcoming Miami, yeah. where our guys should be very comfortable to, to win two games in a row. Who knows? Um, look, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for joining us, folks in the chat. We see you. We read all your comments. We really love having you all here with us. It makes hosting this show and running this show, especially after a game like today or tonight at your time, uh, so much more fun. Subscribe to the First of the Floor podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, we have a lot of content coming out on both content streams, particularly in the off-season. We really start to flex, and CLNS, our employers, don't know this yet, but I think that's where they're going to start to love us um, as being part of their network <laughs> because we really start to flex like what we're capable of as far as off-season content, live trivia shows. We do deep dives into like obscure Celtics players. A lot of fun there, so make sure you subscribe to the channel. Jake, uh, any any final takeaways before we wrap this one up? Let's get out of here, man. Appreciate everybody. Let's keep it yeah. rolling. Come on. Love you guys. Celtics and Six. See ya.